Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Political neutrality. Not with Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I don't know which I've enjoyed more this week. Donald Trump's trouncing the field in Iowa, the greatest percentage ever, 51%. First time any candidate has gotten more than 43%, and he beat that almost by 10 points. That was good enough, but watching the mainstream media go apoplectic, watching the Democrats lose their ever-loving minds, that's been fun. Watching people react to Jamie Dimon saying, you know, it's not a good idea to diss 70 million. He got the number wrong. 70 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump's policies. They don't care what he says. They care about results. And then he ticked off a whole bunch of President Trump's results, which are exactly what we want back in the White House. We want the grown up singular back in charge. and. Jamie Dimon spoke that unutterable truth, and they're losing their minds over it in Davos. But perhaps the most delicioso thing has been watching the butthurt, never-Trumper, GOPE rhinocrats just completely melt down. Apparently, there's a quote-unquote faith leader named Beth Moore who... She, she she needs to practice radical acceptance. I don't know who this Beth Moore is, but she alluded to the fact that she didn't want to go back to 2016 Beth Moore. She didn't like that person any more than, than we did. Well, apparently Beth Moore lost her mind back in 2016 too and wasn't paying attention over the next four years as President Trump was the first president in my lifetime to ever keep his campaign promises and move the Israeli embassy to Jerusalem, peace in the Middle East, no wars started, on and on and on, roaring economy, energy independence. Which part of these things didn't you like, Beth? And, you know, she proceeded to say that it's just so hard. It's so hard to know that this is what people want. It's like, you better believe what it's what we want. And then she bemoaned the fact that we didn't care that President Trump was leaving the Republican Party unrecognizable. And Beth, that's it. That's the exact point we've been trying to make. Congratulations, you got it. We don't want the Republican Party to be recognizable anymore. We're sick and tired of the Republican Party stabbing us in the back and throwing us under the bus. When Democrats win elections, they set the agenda. Fair enough, elections have consequences. But when Republicans win elections, yeah, the Democrats still set the agenda. And that's what we can't tolerate, Beth. We're done with it. We want a president that's going to stick up for us, stick up for our families, and stick up for our country. I didn't hear you bemoaning the open border. I didn't hear you bemoaning the tens of millions of military-age men, male invaders, that have come through the southern border in the last two years. I haven't heard you bemoaning inflation in the economy in all of the other demonic-inspired policies that this administration has brought in. Why were you so silent then? Why are you so wedded to Chris Christie and Nikki Haley and Ron Disappoints Us, the darlings of the Democrats? Nikki wouldn't even have a campaign if it weren't for all the Democrat money she's taken. Why are those the Republicans you like, Beth? Why don't you do this? Why don't you just go down to your county clerk and re-register as a Democrat? That way, you'll be with people you like, people who think the way you think, people who share your values, and maybe then we won't hear all the caterwauling. Yeah, something tells me that's a pipe dream too, because my guess is you just like to complain. We're sick and tired of milk toast Republicrats playing by self-imposed Marcus or Queensbury rules when they're in a Texas steel cage death match with the Undertaker. Politics ain't beanbag, Beth. It's the last bare knuckle sport 
on the planet. And if you're not playing for keeps, you shouldn't play at all. And we're playing for keeps. We want our country back. It's as simple as that. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. Did you know there are many ways you can listen to and watch today's news talk, TNT? Why not stream us directly from our website on your desktop, tablet, or mobile device? Or download our app from the App Store. We even stream live on Facebook, X, YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey, including the Roku and Fire Stick apps. We've got you covered on today's news talk, TNT. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's news talk radio, TNT. Wah, wah, wah. When it rains, it snows. On Tuesday, federal prosecutors asked a judge to reject Hunter Biden's efforts to dismiss gun charges because investigators found cocaine residue on the pouch he used to hold his gun. Here with the story joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Oh, Timothy, I, I have a million puns I'd like to use, but I think uh, we'll just call this the crack smoking gun evidence. Will that work? I, I don't know. That works for me. That's crack-a-lacka, this, baby. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, so um, by the way, uh, folks, in case you missed it, this proves that the laptop is real, too. That's that's kind of the other story hiding in here. But yeah, so special counsel David Weiss uh, revealed in a new court filing that FBI investigators recently discovered, yep, cocaine on the handgun, basically, that Hunter Biden allegedly purchased illegally in 2018. Wouldn't the cocaine make that illegal anyway? Uh, the new detail was included in Weiss's response to Hunter Biden's motion, asking, pleading, begging a federal judge to dismiss the felony firearm charges that he faces for allegedly, can we just drop allegedly at this point, lying about his drug use when purchasing a revolver in October 2018. The First Sons legal team has claimed that Hunter is the victim of a selective and vindictive prosecution. Oh, but is he? Weiss and his team of prosecutors address that claim in their filing. But they also go to painstaking lengths to explain why the preponderance of evidence against Mount Hunter is so, quote unquote, overwhelming that it would be legal malfeasance to dismiss an airtight case. <laughs> oh, this is great. I'm going to quote uh, a little bit here from... Um, I believe this is uh, what Weiss explained, quote, in 2023... FBI investigators pulled sealed evidence from the state police vault to take photographs of the defendant's firearm. After opening the evidence, FBI investigators observed a white powdery substance on the defendant's brown leather pouch that had held the defendant's firearm in October 2018. Based on their training and experience, investigators believed that this substance was likely cocaine and that this evidence would corroborate the messages that investigators had obtained, which showed the defendant buying and using drugs in October 2018. An FBI chemist subsequently analyzed the residue and determined that it was cocaine, end quote. He emphasized, quote, to be clear, investigators literally found drugs on the pouch where the defendant had kept his gun, end quote. The filing is also significant because Weiss confirmed for the first time the legitimacy of Hunter Biden's infamous laptop that Biden defenders claimed was Russian disinformation before the 2020 election. Weiss says, quote, in August 2019, IRS and FBI investigators obtained a search warrant for tax violations for the defendant's Apple iCloud account. In response to that warrant, in September 2019, Apple produced backups of data from various of the defendant's electronic devices that he had backed up to his iCloud account. Investigators also later came into possession of the defendant's Apple MacBook Pro, which he had left at a computer store. A search warrant was also obtained for his laptop, and the results of the search were largely duplicative of information investigators had already obtained from Apple, end quote. 
Uh-oh. Regarding Hunter's claim that he is a victim of selective prosecution and right-wing bias, Weiss denounced that assertion as a quote-unquote conspiracy theory. He wrote, quote, left with the inconvenient truth of trying to explain how this could happen during the Biden administration. The defendant suggests that evil motives are lurking deep within the Department of Justice. This theory is a fiction designed for a Hollywood script. The charges in this case are not trumped up or because of former President Trump. They are instead a result of the defendant's own choices and were brought in spite of, not because of, any outside noise made by politicians, end quote. Yep, sad news for Hunter, who will likely go to trial in the case later this year. Uh, he has, of course, pleaded not guilty to the charges against him. But, Timothy, the evidence clearly screams guilty, guilty, guilty. What do you think? It does, but will it matter? It's a trial in Los Angeles. We know all about California juries. and but. Uh, I said the other day when he strolled into the committee room in Washington and sat down in the front row of the visitors gallery when he was supposed to be testifying uh, just to mock the impotence of the Republicans that had subpoenaed him, that his hubris would be his downfall. And it looks like Hunter is finally going to face a day of reckoning, whether he is properly convicted, as he should be, based on the evidence we've seen, remains to be seen. But it's nice that he at least has to see what it's like. And on the off chance that we're all wrong and that he is being politically persecuted, well, now he knows how it feels to be Donald Trump. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, I will say that throughout this entire segment, Adam, I had... Eric Clapton's cocaine playing in the background in my mind. I think that uh, that would have been a great, great bit of background music for this. Uh, at this point, I think the only thing that might possibly get Hunter off the hook is claiming that it was cocaine bear's gun. You know, maybe, maybe that'll, maybe that'll fly. Uh, it leaves me to wonder, however, how our crack greatest law enforcement agency on the planet, our FBI, could determine that it was cocaine on the gun pouch, but they couldn't determine whether there was gunpowder in the cocaine pouch in the White House. That still remains a mystery. And both of those substances could probably be found on a person if they decided to uh, test them for such things. Just saying, you know, you know gunpowder residue tests have been known to happen. Blood tests for cocaine metabolites have been known to happen. Just saying. Yeah, but yeah, definitely does not bode well for, for Hunter Biden here uh, as far as that charge is concerned. He's facing so many charges. I think I lost count. Uh they just gave him nine new ones recently, right, in last month, uh, the DOG, including the failure to file, pay taxes, tax evasion, filing a false return. So he's got all of that to deal with, too. I mean, <laughs> somebody he should does. And those are the more serious. Yeah, those are the more serious charges because they directly tie his father in as well, because, as we all know, Joe was on the phone calls. Joe took the meetings. Hunter was on the plane overseas, met with the people. Basically, the brand was Joe Biden, and that's what he was selling. He was selling access. So those tax charges are definitely significant, more significant even than these charges in Los Angeles. And also, they indicate that the Democrats are no longer protecting the Bidens. Could this be how they get Joe off the ticket in November? Because I still maintain he's not going to be the nominee. Time will tell. Yeah, and that'll have nothing to do with Hunter Biden's uh, nasal candy habit there. It'll have to do with uh, the fact that, yeah, they were running this uh, scheme where uh, he yep. was selling influence uh, access to his father. Not good stuff, Timothy. Or Not maybe Joe will have a medical emergency, an unexplained medical emergency. We've seen a lot of those lately. I do have a potential nominee for the Democrats, though. I hereby nominate Nikki Haley to be the Democrat Party nominee. Or president i think she'd be a perfect democrat nominee 
not sure. Oh, well, you know, from what I hear, she actually had Democratic voters supporting her recently at well, the Iowa the Democrat voters. She's got the Democrat donors. She might as well just register as a Democrat. Adam, thanks for a great story. You're listening to today's News Talk, TNT. Now, as we move into an election year in U.S. politics at a time when the Western Empire is under attack from within, as if an orchestrated decline is the plan. Whilst at the same time, the rise of BRICS nations represents a rise of a new multipolar order. Institutions that have controlled the world are at last being questioned for their behavior and their failures. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the truth shall set us free. Those two statements sit at opposite ends of the zeitgeist in a world that is filled with death, destruction, deceit, and a wholesale unwillingness to hold anyone in power to account, except for anyone who takes power against the ruling elite, of course. And then we have seen how that system works. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk the net zero con will leave millions of citizens dependent on state handouts. It isn't a theory. It's an agenda. There is no climate emergency. On air 24-7. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jason Nelson, call sign Storm Chaser, is a recently retired U.S. Army soldier and former United States Marine. His highly decorated service includes combat deployments and humanitarian missions, where he served as a civil affairs senior non-commissioned officer in charge in operations and planning. He's 100% permanently disabled from combat service and is the co-founder of Prepper All Naturals, a survival food company. He lives with his family near the production facilities in Texas. As a patriot and supporter of Second Amendment rights, Jason is the embodiment of an American hero. He proudly served his nation in the Middle East and continued service as a civilian by defending himself and those who were trapped in the sex trafficking trade. As co-founder of a survival food company, he's also continuing to help Americans by preparing them for the difficult times that seem to be heading our way. After running for the GOP nomination for Congress in his district in 2022, Jason has been called on by many Republicans to run again. With recent events, he will not be running this election cycle, but is not ruled out running again in future. I'd like to welcome to The Reckoning for the first time, Jason Nelson. Ted, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on, Jason, and thank you for your service. Uh, quick question, though. Army-Navy game, who are you rooting for? <laughs> you know, <laughs> whoever uh, whoever wins is the one that I said that I was rooting for, but my heart uh, is always going to be with the Marine Corps. The Army just gave me better equipment. I understand that. It's... Uh, yeah, and I was I've got a lot of friends that are, are former Marines and I was just absolutely dismayed to find out how the Marine Corps basically has to scrounge around for scraps just to be fully fully outfitted for their mission and now they've done away with the sniper program. Tough times for the Corps indeed. And tough times for you. You were running for Congress this cycle, but something happened last summer. For those who don't know, how your heroism is carried over into the civilian world. Tell us what went down in that hotel at 3 a.m. last July. Well, you, like you mentioned, and I, I want to be clear, I, I, I've never and I don't consider myself a hero. I consider myself to be an upstanding citizen, which is all that one can ask. Um, that said, I, you know, I retired after 20 years uh, uh, in the Marine Corps and Army Special Operations, and you think, okay, that's that's the most, uh, hopefully, that I'm ever going to have to do in regards to having to prepare for conflict. But, um, you know, when I retired, the first thing I wanted to do was continue to serve my community. So I ran for Congress, not really truly thinking the first time that I would win, but I would have an opportunity to learn my constituency and learn what the people's needs are and what they expect and want from somebody who represents them. And 
as we headed sort of in the last year, I, you know, there was some de- debate. Have we done everything that we said we would do? I started a company, uh, started employing uh, people directly, employ uh, uh, over a dozen, and then started to support 50 other jobs in the community. You start to feel like, hey, we're doing what we said we would do. And then last July, uh, sort of our world got flipped upside down once again. My wife and I took a date night. We have four small children, as you might be aware, when you have four children and you've been married almost a decade, a date night means you take your wife out to a nice dinner. Uh, You get her a nice hotel and a boutique hotel. You let her take a warm bubble bath. You let her sleep alone and make sure that nobody's climbed on her. That's the important factor. She just gets to take a moment and be, uh, be herself. And so that's what we did. We went out and had a great date night and I went to sleep and... Uh, a little boutique hotel called the Indigo Hotel here in Waco. And and three o'clock in the morning, we're awakened by uh, terrifying screams coming from down the hall. So uh, we had no choice. I, obviously, I woke up and, and had to go and investigate what that was and hoping that it was a medical or fire emergency. And when I say hoping, I mean, you never know what it's going to be, but you're hoping it's something that you can address and be of assistance to your fellow man and when I opened up the door, it turned out that it uh, wasn't that at all. There was a woman outside screaming with glass broken on the floor and her screaming into a phone. What I assumed was the police, and it turned out not to be, uh, that there was a man in the room, uh, two rooms down from us, trying to kill uh, these women who were trapped in there with him. So I retreated and went and got my firearm and uh, went and did my best to de-escalate the situation. My wife called 911 from the safety of a bathtub. Uh, and I called out to people in the hallway to come out and please assist me. No one came. There was no hotel security. And the police, who are wonderful people but are often minutes away when seconds count. And I listened at the door as this man destroyed this hotel room and attempted to – I could hear the women's crying out in anguish. Uh, you know, later on I had the opportunity to hear, listen to the 911 tapes to see pictures of the room. Um, and, and when you see the destruction done by this 350 pound monster, uh, who was at that moment, um, uh, demanding sexual slavery from these women and had caught, I mean, it caught this weird, not something you expect when you go out to go out on a date night. And, and, and unfortunately in the process of trying to uh, deescalate, this man made the decision to actively attack me. Um, although I'd never pointed the weapon at him and had done everything I could to restrain myself and just let the police handle it. He eventually got a hold of me and picked me up, slamming me into the wall, uh, fracturing my spine and reaching for the firearm, which left me no choice but to fire. Um, and even after that, I still had to wrestle for a full minute to maintain control of the weapon until he finally succumbed to his injuries. And even though we did our best to perform first aid for him, uh, he passed. Um, and that wasn't even the end of the story. After that, our lawyers go and find out that after we go through the whole legal process of clearing our names and showing that we did exactly what would be expected of a citizen and and stay going through the grand jury process, we still find out from our lawyers that, that these women are not – uh, weren't just happenstance to be in that room that unfortunately they were uh, likely the victims of of a long-term sexual trafficking and that's exactly what they were doing in that hotel that night so it's a it's a harrowing story but at the same time it opened our eyes to this insane idea that you know you know the country song not in a small town well it turns out that here even in our small town human sexual trafficking is happening right under our noses there's literally no place in America that's safe from it. Small town, large city, anywhere in between. The suburban condo down the hall could be a sex trafficking operation. You happen to just literally stumble over it. And I want to pick up on something you said after the news. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT. Welcome, welcome. Coming up, important news. TNT Radio News. And that's the truth. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov has informed reporters that Russia is intensifying its relationships with North Korea across various sectors, including those he described as sensitive. The legal team of former President Donald Trump is preparing to present a defense that suggests U.S. intelligence agencies conspired against him. Brussels has initiated a screening process and is assembling the negotiating framework as part of the ongoing discussions with Ukraine regarding its aspiration to join the European Union. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jason, the left mischaracterizes people that exercise their Second Amendment rights as, as gun-toting yahoos who just want to shoot them up just like Yosemite Sam. It's not true of citizens and it's not true of police either. 
police consider it a failure when they have to draw and use their weapon. They do so only under extreme situations after they've taken all other steps to de-escalate, as you did in that hotel room. And there's certainly no satisfaction in having defended yourself that way. And people minimize or even disregard entirely the impact it has on the shooter. It's not something that people exult in, and especially when it results in the taking of a life. And you even indicated that after you shot him and after you subdued him, you provided first aid to try to save the man's life. It, 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 they don't get that. It's not about shooting bad guys and taking lives. It's, it's about upholding people's rights. It's about protecting people from criminals. And then once the need for protection is gone, you want to help the criminal as much as you can. You know, I don't think any moral and upstanding person ever wants to represent the judge, the jury, and the executioner in any situation. Right. It is not something that you envision. Uh, restraint is one of the hardest things. I think that most people don't even understand what that means. And what that means is that sometimes even when you think, hey, I should do this, I, I, I had opportunities when he first opened the door and I knew those women were at threat. Uh, but my initial assessment, no matter how much danger those women were in, at that very second, I didn't see a firearm in the man's hand. And I knew I had time to react if I had to act even quicker. Um, and when he came out, as, as I mentioned, I never even pointed the weapon at him. I kept it at the low ready, uh, which ended up being a tactical error in some ways. But the the restraint that I attempted to give and I know I gave up until that last moment is the same thing that I'm grateful that the police did, even though I stripped and took the firearm uh, and and set it within plain sight and called the police and held a, what I would consider to be a nine line uh, calling in for medical aid and, and giving them the situation on the ground. You know, police want to go home to their families as well. And when they came up those stairs and down that or came up the elevator and, and down the hallway, they don't know what they're walking into either. And they in themselves showed incredible restraint. No one wants to do this. No one ever wants to take a life. Uh, there are obviously extreme circumstances I'm sure you could think of. But in most instances, those who are bystanders who are attempting to uh, protect others and protect the lives of others, uh, in the end, if everyone could walk away with the court system handling it, and as long as it does so, that, that would be the, the goal that we all want in the end. Sure, that's the ideal. Amen. And you know, Timbo's rule number four, no good deed goes unpunished, right? And that's happening now in Arizona. You've got a beef company in Texas. Your fellow rancher in Arizona is facing some difficulty now because of his stance in protecting people's rights, isn't he? Well, 77 years old. You know, uh, I'm I'm 100% combat disabled. I'm on a... I'm, Kane, I just got a full hip replacement. There's a million, a myriad things wrong with me. But, you know, I still walked into that situation knowing that I had somewhat of an equalizer. I cannot imagine, um, and, and we're connected because I know for a fact that my situation is caused by a porous border and, and the Biden regime not doing its bare basic uh, constitutional responsibilities. Uh, you're a rancher and you're right on the uh, border. And I know plenty of ranchers who are right on the border. I go down to the border and meet with border patrol uh, and not because I'm trying to do a publicity stuff because it's important to know these things. But these ranchers, you're 77 years old. You're sitting there thinking the only equalizer I have with the basic army, 100 plus men, many of whom we now know are convicted felons because the person who he happened to shoot was a five time convicted felon. And he just does what he believes is the bare minimum he can to defend himself. His property, people, property does matter. When you cut people's fences and they lose their livestock, that's their livelihood. So that's, you have the right, and we've always had the right uh, through the Second Amendment and through other portions of our English common law that we have the right to defend both our property and our lives because oftentimes they are connected. I feel very uh, connected to him in particular, his story for two reasons. One, it's obvious that he regrets that this happened. And number two, uh, he did what he had to do because the government failed to do what they were supposed to do. And somehow he's held to a higher standard than our criminals are when it comes to justifying his use of force. Um, I, I cannot put myself in his situation. I've not seen video or been provided any information other than his account. But based on his account, I, I can't even understand why we're processing him rather than a send, trying to send somebody to assist him and protect his land.
And it's infuriating and people are angered because the federal government's position is no, Texas, you can't protect your border. No, Arizona, you can't protect your border. New Mexico is not so much of an issue because of the high cliffs along the Rio Grande in uh, the span of New Mexico. But California has no desire to protect its border. And Arizona and Texas, you're not allowed to. That's our prerogative as the federal government. And then they abdicate that responsibility. They don't protect it. And they say that, no, it's our job and you can't do our job. And you've got no say when we decide not to do our job. And they are actively encouraging, encouraging. We have video of federal troops cutting ribbon wire in Texas helping illegals break the law and enter our nation illegally, helping cartel members, forming a raft brigade, like a bucket brigade. You've got five cartel members on one side of the river and five soldiers on the other side, and they're, they're passing along these inflatable rafts with illegals in them. And they're doing it right in broad daylight. They're doing it in the open. And it's an outrage that our government officials are helping illegal aliens invade our country. And at the same time, the federal government turns to the states and says, no, you're not allowed. So I'm really interested to see how the court case against Texas and uh, Attorney General Ken Paxson and Governor Abbott is going to turn out. And I'm really keeping an eye on this tragic situation, as you said, for the 77-year-old rancher in Arizona who needed to protect himself from a hundred convicted felons mostly that were invading his land and a threat to himself and his property. Yeah, you know what? Let's not let lose in this fact that although that the left will throw out the humanitarian aspect of this, uh, remember that we are not a country since we border a country that has asylum, uh, meaning if you are seeking political refuge, mm -hmm. if you were uh, fleeing criminal gangs, Mexico already has a process. And then we have a legal process by which you can apply to be a citizen here. This is not one group coming from one country. This is coming from every country on earth that I know of, although I haven't seen any priests sneak over from the Vatican. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be surprised to find out there is. We don't know how many uh, are uh, of these unaccompanied minors are actually uh, uh, where they're going to. The accompanied ones, we don't know if they actually belong to the people that say they do. We know that there have been 7 million plus military age uh, males that have come over in the last three years unaccompanied. None of these things... All of them spell disaster for our country. And so it isn't just an abdication of their responsibility when it comes to protecting the border. Uh, it's treasonous in that they have allowed such crime to come into our country and and tied the hands of the governors and legislatures of the states that border. I, I have it's a national stain that they support the fentanyl trade, the cartels and human trafficking uh, by allowing this open border policy, because those are the direct results. They know the direct results. They've been told this by every organization, every human rights organization on earth, and they do absolutely nothing about it, but uh, to continue to encourage more human suffering. Exactly, and we're gonna have to leave it there. I wanna thank you again for coming on. I'd love to have you back. There's so much more to talk about. And folks, follow Jason on X, at Real Jason Nelson and go to wholecows.com and find out about his beef business. If, you, if you're leery about processed meats, if you're leery about getting factory food, go to wholecows.com and consider getting your beef from a reliable American patriot like Jason Nelson. Jason, thanks so much. Thank you. You're watching today's news talk, TNT. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like, I don't remember what I did last week, but like, I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy. There's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying. I wasn't working. So I had all of these hospital bills. We had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lyme is such a thief and it goes 
undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Dr. Mark Sherwood is a staunch advocate for states' rights and sovereignty, but also for our own health. A retired law enforcement officer, he retired after 24 years with the Tulsa Police Department, where he logged a decade of courageous service on the department's SWAT team. And he's about leadership and not politics. Then he also, with his lovely bride, are is now a naturopath and he is focused on helping us heal from all of the environmental stressors we have and helping us take personal responsibility over our own health. I'd like to welcome back to The Reckoning, my very good friend, Dr. Mark Sherwood. Hey, Timothy, thanks for having me, man. It's always good to be with you. Likewise, Mark, and a very troubling study came out last week about microplastics everywhere. They found it in fish sticks made from Alaskan pollock. They found it in Gulf shrimp, both headless and de-headed. They found it in beef, pork, chicken. It's everywhere. Why don't you tell people what microplastics are, how they might have gotten into our entire food supply, and what the negative health consequences from them can be? Like microplastics and certainly plasticizers, pesticides, phthalates, all pollutants, all those P words, they sort of get into our food supply through our production method, which is absolutely poor, more P words. But the idea behind it is as you've increased the um, automation of processing and the speed of processing these foods, the quality has gone down. And now you have segments of the food supply that have these pieces of plastic in them um they're toxic and the bottom line is the body certainly can handle some of that uh, a little bit and we're all different in that but i even read a study today that talked about scientists are shocked with the amount of cancers in people that are less than 50. so you're seeing an absolute real tie right now to the to the cancer crisis, which I think is very related to what you said. And to that end, I'll make this prediction. This is a sad prediction that cancer will cross over heart disease in the next 10 to 15 years and become the number one killer in this country. Well, unless keep people keep taking these mod RNA injections that are giving people myocarditis and cardiac events, as they're now calling them, I, I think you're absolutely right. Between cancer and heart disease, the health or future health doesn't bode well. And vegetarians aren't even exempt. You know, vegans and vegetarians aren't off the hook because in order to preserve shelf life, they've lined all the tin cans with plastic. So now even if you're just eating beans and other canned vegetables, you're still getting plasticizers. You're still getting a lot of the harmful, you open the can and pieces of plastic fall in. And these are endocrine disruptors. They yeah. cause uh, inflammation problems, which we had a guest last night that said cancer is essentially an inflammation reaction. And mm -hmm. it, it's with this constant barrage of environmental toxins of now with these mod RNA gene injections that unfortunately all too many people have taken with the food supply contaminated, what can people do to prevent aging, to slow down the aging process and take care of their skin, take care of their their health, their internal health, and, and ward off cancers? Well, you got to create better habits, first of all. And part of the better habits is creating a reason why you need to change your habits. And I think that's why we have conversations like this. Uh, we're heading down to the pathway of the abyss, as I call it. Right now, at present, 1.2 million people approximately die every year of those two diseases you mentioned, cancer and heart disease, every year in, in the United States of America. Unacceptable. And we're not doing anything about it. 
Our bodies are aging more rapidly, Timothy, than they ever have. We're seeing the decline in the expectation of aging. So our life expectancy is going down and our uh, death expectancy is um, coming quicker. And our sick span is also increasing. Uh, but in order to change all this, we have to begin to do a few things. We have to take ownership of our health, number one. And that means we begin to put in our bodies foods that are natural, the way God made them, the way God packaged them, the way God created them. And that's as simple as I can be. We've got to move more, sit less, and become less sedentary. And quit making excuses on what we can't move. Every day you move is life. Every time you move less, you're closer to rigor mortis. I hope people remember that. you got to begin to sleep. Sleep is not a waste of time. Entrepreneurs, you hear me? It's really a wonderful thing. Seven to eight hours a night is um, about healing, restoration, rebuilding, regeneration of your body. And then we have to begin to deal with stress better, Timothy, because, man, we are not dealing with stress very well. We're walking around uh, progressively in this fear mode. And, and I blame a lot of the media that feeds the line of narratives because, look, they get listeners by fear porn. That's the way that yeah. works. Man. And so it's really something we've got to take ownership of all these things, understand how our body is working. And that, what I just said, improves functionality and functionality improves our internal, innate and adaptive defenses that God made us to have. Absolutely. And it's you know, people blame video games. If you look at young people and you see these photos all over Facebook, you see, you know, women our age fit looking great. They've been fit and looked great their entire life. We look back at photos now of people that we thought were fat, and today they'd be considered trim. That's yeah. how bad it's gotten. And you, you see pictures of women in their 50s and 60s with daughters in their 20s and 30s that are morbidly obese. It's like, wait a second, what happened? It wasn't genetic. It's not like they've got a father that's more morbidly obese because you see the pictures with the dad too. And then you go back and you look at women in pictures from women in the 60s and the 70s and right. people were mostly fit and trim back then and a lot of people like to blame video games and a sedentary <laughs> a childhood and that certainly plays a role we were kicked out after breakfast and told not to come back until lunch and then <laughs> kicked out again and told not to come back until the dinner bell rang or sunset whichever came first and sure that has changed but really it's the diet it's the processed foods it's yeah. the it's the slow poisoning of not just americans but all of western civilization all of the developed world with these processed foods we're slowly poisoning ourselves to death we are and the obesity crisis i believe is the worst pandemic we've ever had in the history of the world and america has notoriously profited from that which is super sad uh, genetically speaking, and this is a, a statement that I want people to catch, our genes have changed a rapid, massive amount of 2% in 10,000 years. The genes do not create obesity. There are obesogenic susceptibilities, but the environment is what pulls the trigger of obesity. So genes load a gun and environment pulls the trigger. Our environment started changing back in the 80s when our United States government tried to start controlling our health. And when they did that, we started listening to them, and now they've guided health right down the toilet to this catastrophic figure that is. We have got to begin to understand that the government is not about health. The FDA merger, if you want to call it, that is a merger made in hell. What does food and drug have to do with each other? And honestly, the stats, even according to our own centers of disease out of control and a lack of prevention, as I call it, they prove the point. They prove that it's not working. And if it's not working, I don't want to sort of master the Einstein theory of insanity, but we certainly have at this point. We really have. And I interviewed a nutritionist who said the problem really began in the 70s when they came out with the food pyramid and the government and the, those labels, those ridiculous labels, like a, a nutritional label on yeah. the back of a candy bar. It's like, look, when I very occasionally, because I might have maybe three or four in the course of a year, but when I have a candy bar, I'm not too worried about the nutritional impact it's going to have, Mark. I'm not looking to it as a source of vitamins and minerals, right? I don't need the the environmental impact, the, the health nutritional impact statement on the back of my candy bar. What it really is, is just another way to get people to bend the knee, comply to ridiculous government legislation, regulations, and of course, to pay an exorbitant amount of money on all the industries that have grown up around these regulations. That's the thing, they pass regulations in their pals 
benefit from them financially. But the nutritionist said that our real problem was when we started looking at nutrients instead of foods. We started looking at percentage and grams of protein and carbohydrate and, and lipid. And he goes, that's not how we should look at it. We should look at it as food because peas, chicken, beef, and fish are all proteins. But as foods, they're completely different and they have different impacts on our health. And until we start looking again as our, at our food as food, we're going to have these problems. And, and that's really what you advocate, isn't it? A wholesome, healthy diet where you're looking at what kind of foods you're eating. It is, exactly. And I agree with the, the, the thoughts and the statements of that nutritionist, Timothy, because ultimately, here's the deal. When we started looking at calories and macronutrients and ratios and all of that, that was the beginning of our failure. I don't even eat like that. I teach all of our patients to not eat like that. I tell them to eat God's food and God's packaging. Adam and Eve weren't given calorie restrictions. They weren't given time-restricted eating. They weren't given instructions to eat three square meals a day. We should eat when we're hungry, not when we don't, when we're not. And if you're hungry, eat more. If you're not, don't. Don't let food rule you. And as we've learned to, to sort of readjust that thinking, we have thousands of people around this world, thousands of people that have been able to shed excess pounds, keep it off, and most importantly, change their life and lifestyle and their whole identity uh, that really is centered around this idea of letting food control people. Yeah, and something started probably, I want to say maybe 30 years ago, I hadn't heard the terms before, was stress eating and therapy eating. I thought, yeah. therapy, therapy eating? Sitting down? sitting down with a half gallon of ice cream on the couch and feeling sorry for yourself, watching some stupid sappy movie is, is somehow going to emotionally heal you. I, I didn't get it. That's a real problem, isn't it? People are using food as a drug. They're using food as a self-medicating agent. They're using food as, as some sort of psychological comfort. And that can't lead to any place good. It doesn't. And food is a drug. It's the most widely abused drug in the world. Uh, to put it uh, pointedly and being really uh, graphic in the way people remember, uh, sugars or processed sugars drives dopamine more effectively than cocaine. Further, this processed dairy and the processed grains and breads we have, when we digest those, we create what's called exorphins, specifically gluteomorphins and caseomorphins. Kind of sounds like morphine, doesn't it? Because they sure hit does. on our opioid receptor and they create this feeling of pain free. They give us this relief, just like an opioid would. They kill the, the, the pain in our lives and they are addictive. And we give those to people for free as a quote unquote appetizer to restaurants. And that's why we go back there because it's a drug. We keep coming back to our drug dealer's house, the neighborhood fast food joint. And while they're slipping us that little bit of morphine, they're also slowly poisoning us because all the wheat in America is artificially ripened to get it off the field before the storms hit using Roundup, using glyphosate. And that's the reason people think that they've got gluten intolerance, that they can't have any wheat products. They go to Europe and all of a sudden they can have all the bread and pasta they want. They go to Canada, it's not a problem. We need to stop poisoning our food supply by using glyphosate as a ripening agent. It's the most, when I first learned about that, I couldn't believe it. I thought the person was having me on. I, I looked into it and it just absolutely appalled me. Yeah, glyphosate is also a carcinogen, carcinogen too as well. And it, a Roundup, which you're talking about that product, it actually has atrazine, which is actually an obesogenic or estrogenic compound as well. So, you know, it is a mess. And it's the way we've done things, Timothy. We've processed things for the generation of profits at the cost of people. And anytime you do anything in life when it's about profits over people, we've lost our way. And I submit to people, we've lost our way in America. Corporations have lost their way. People have lost their way. But you know what? People are listening right now. don't have to have their way lost in their own life anymore. You can wake up, look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? Today is my day to start all over. Today is my day to not do that. Today is my day to listen to, you know, uh, Timothy. 
to listen to the reckoning and understand that they're telling me the truth and I need to make those changes and I can. And, and I believe God does provide what we need. Every single day is an opportunity to do just that. So that's the bad news and that's the wake up call. What's the good news? How can people engage with you to learn how they should be uh, changing their diet, to learn about how they should be changing their exercise habits? What can you provide them? What information and how uh, to help them make those changes? Well, people can reach out to us at Sherwood.tv. And uh, truly, we have people all around the world that reach out to us every day. We work with them and they get better. There are seven principles to what we do. We work with the things that people have control over and we help them do this with goal setting, with practical protocols we put into place. And those would be nutrition, sleep, stress management, and movement. We also do things they don't have control over, genetics, hormones, and peptides. And throughout all that process, Timothy, it's a personalized, individualized approach. Everybody gets better. People celebrate the victories. We celebrate healing all the time because people are healed. Our whole mission statement is leading people down a pathway of true healing. And, and it's really about educating people and giving them hope and casting a vision out there that they can get their hands around, their minds around, their heart around. And when you do that, give people hope, man, that's the substance of what drives them on. And uh, we see people do that all the time. And you know me enough to know that's what my life has been around about for the last several years, trying to give people hope physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and financially. And uh, so we try to keep pushing the, that window out there. And people that connect with us, it's like plugging into a light socket and they get powered up. And that is not because I'm good. It's because God has gifted us to do that, quite honestly. Well, that's what I love about you and Michelle is you're using your God-given talents and you're making a real difference in people's lives. Of course, you can't help them if they don't want to be helped. But if you want to be helped, if you're having some challenges with your weight or with your sleep or with stress or just want to feel better, I strongly encourage you to engage with Mark and Michelle at Sherwood.tv. They'll be happy to talk to you and happy to help you on the path not only to a better you, but to a better life, to more enjoyment, and to let you appreciate all the things that God has given all of us. Mark, final word? No, people need to be encouraged, man. Take a step in the right direction today, embrace hope, and become a hope dealer for other people. Look, today is the right day to start your next journey for your next life. Amen. That's it for tonight's Reckoning on TNT. Stay tuned for the Havorier Moritz Show. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.